Welcome to the Shields on Hoops podcast, a Syracuse basketball podcast that focuses on detailed analysis of the Syracuse men's basketball team, their games, strategies, scheme, and statistics. Been a while since I've done a pod. Um, you know, just been busy with holiday stuff. I've got some time today, so I figured I would just put some of my written thoughts and thread th- thread thoughts from Twitter onto a poem. A pod for you guys. So let's talk Syracuse Pitt. Um, Syracuse comes back from down 20, has two opportunities to win the game or tie or take the lead. Um, don't end up executing, and Pitt escapes with a win in the dome in what I guess you could consider the third tier. I call it the bubble tier, right? Pitt, NC State, Wake, Syracuse, Notre Dame, kind of. Um, those teams that are kind of, they're not in right now in the tournament for sure. But if they kind of got hot and won some games, they can make a run. Um, to get out of that bubble tier, you have to beat the other teams in the bubble tier. Syracuse did not do that. Pitt did do that. They're trending up. Um, tough one for the Orange. Let's 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 talk about it. So Pitt hits 13 threes. Um, some of these are tough shots. Some of these are fairly open. But they they shot well. They just they just shot really well. Um, they were in flow. They were confident. They had an obvious game plan. They were fearless. Uh, you could tell that Capel just said, pull the trigger, man. And that's what they did. So uh, they hit 13. I thought they were going to end up hitting like 25 by the way they were doing in the first half. But they ended the game with 13 um, and just dominated the game, right? Um, it almost looked like they just beat Syracuse in, into submission. Uh, Malik Brown and Quadir Copeland and Judah Mintz as well provide a spark. Syracuse comes back. The crowd gets into it, and Pitt just kind of comes unraveled for a couple minutes there. Um, some of that was Pitt's issues. A lot of that had to do with Syracuse's um, adjusting. And we'll talk about all that in a second. So what I'm going to do is I'm, gonna look, I'm looking at my Twitter feed now, and I'm going to start with the last nine, ten minutes of the game. Then I'm going to go into um, some player breakdowns and overall thoughts about this one before I uh, wrap things up. And again, trying to keep this under 20 minutes for you guys. I know you guys got stuff to do and lives to live. Um, all right, so Syracuse, they're down by 19 with nine minutes to go. Judah Mintz finally hits a three. You see all game that Pitt is sagging off Mintz when he has the ball, daring him to shoot. And I, I think you're going to see a lot of this from teams until Judah can start hitting that shot at 35-ish percent. Right now he's not. I think he's 5 or 20-something right now, so he's not even close. But if he can start hitting that shot at a 33 to 36% clip, teams will have to guard him. Right now, though, they don't. Um, He was 2 for 6 last night, which honestly, 2 for 6 is good enough. That's good enough. Teams will not keep – if teams look at analytics, statistics at all, right, you want to try and get about one point per shot attempt is, is a good goal. Obviously, above that is fantastic, but if you're shooting at least one point per attempt, you're in good. So two for six, you know, take six shots, get six points out of it. That's a point per shot. So that's good. That's good enough. That's good enough. Um, what it does, though, is it makes it, – it's kind of a it's kind of a good thing and bad thing for Judah because it allows him to get a little bit of a head full of steam coming downhill against defenders and it's hard to guard, um, but it also makes it very difficult for him to do simple things like throw the ball into the post, um, see the floor, 
um, and just kind of play that. It's just weird when somebody sags off you like that. It's just not a common feeling for, for a player. So I think he's going to have to get used to that. Um, while we're on the topic, right, Joe Girard is going to get denied every game for the rest of the year. Syracuse has to have a plan that makes sense, right? Um, you saw it against, I think it was Notre Dame. We finally ran a backdoor play. None of that tonight. Not one. All right. And they got, they got Notre Dame twice, I think, on backdoors with Joe. And it's just like, if you have, it's just common basketball sense, right? Like, if you have a guy who is getting denied the ball all over the floor, like, draw up a backdoor play. And I hate to harp on the coaching staff not doing what they need to do to, to set their players up, but it's just unacceptable that we don't have something in the playbook to go to for a denied, overguarded player. It doesn't exist. I thought it did. I thought it finally did, right? I thought it finally did because, um, you know, we got him on a couple of those uh, a couple of games ago, but it's just, it's gone now. Why not do that last night? Um, so anyway, the, the, the staff is going to have to come up with, with strategy and a game plan for both Judah being sagged off of and Joe not, uh, or just being full denied. The third thing is obviously Jesse is being bodied in the post, right? It's not, it's not Cornell. We can't, you can't just throw it up as high as you can in the air and have Jesse catch it and make a play. And now it's ACC, it's D1, it's high major D1 athletes now. You can't just throw it up there, right? These guys are animals. They will, they will, they will eat it up. So we got to find ways to get Jesse the ball. We'll talk about that a little more later. All right. So anyway, Judah hits a big shot. Um, Cuts the lead down to, to 16. You know, next next play, Edwards gets an a, um, offensive rebound, kicks it out to Joe. Joe hits a nice little pull-up jumper. Okay, so we're starting to chip into things. Uh, Syracuse starts to press. They give up a dunk to Henson. Okay, and then Syracuse comes back down. Malik gets a putback. Great energy off the bench from Malik. Um, really, in this run, Syracuse did a great job of getting offensive rebounds, either Malik, Quadir, or... Um, Jesse, they all did a good job of, of getting in there and keeping plays alive. I think they really did a good job of extending plays with hustle and effort to kind of chip back away at this thing. So now it's 75-61, about seven minutes to go. Uh, Judah makes a steal in, that, in, the, in the press or in the zone, okay? And Malik makes a nice little touch. touch it's like a little tap pass ahead to Judah for a layup. That brings it to a 12-point game. Um, they kind of go back and forth, and it ends up being 79-66 with 5.44 to go. Judah, what Judah did in this stretch was he just kept getting to the foul line, right? Like he kept just like um, initiating contact, kept getting inside, kept getting bumped, and he kept hitting free throws. Well, he's 8 for 12 for the game, so not, not solid. 8-12 is solid. Um, but he kept that, that kind of slowed the game down, and it also extended the game and it allowed free points with the clock not going. So those are those are big. Those are big moments for him. Like they they look at when it, when the game's happening, you're like, oh god, can we just like end this thing? He's just shooting more free throws. Just want to go to bed. But really, what it did was it kind of slowed everything down in Syracuse's favor. Uh, Syracuse gets the whole <laughs> the whole double block the block called the block party. Right? They got the the block on Jesse. Jesse got the or sorry, uh, Copeland got the block. Then Jesse got a block. Syracuse comes down the floor, and Quadir Copeland gets a four-point play. So now we are cooking. We're in business. It's a seven-point game with five minutes to go. It goes back and forth for a while with just missed shots between the two teams. Um, 
I mean, Syracuse is down by nine with two and a half left. Uh, Judah scores, right? He finally he, he gets a nice little um, pull-up jumper in the mid-range to cut it to seven. Syracuse forces a turnover. Gerard springs free for a three in transition, brings it to a four-point game with 146 to go. Pitt makes two free throws with a minute and seven. Malik Brown goes to the line down by six with a minute to go. Misses his first free throw. Misses his second free throw. But then our hero, Quadir Copeland, comes in, snags an offensive rebound off the missed free throw, makes it a four-point game with one minute to go. Syracuse does a great job of rotating. Cut off the baseline. George Elliott steps out of bounds. Turnover. Great job of, on the rotations in this play, especially Malik Brown. Syracuse has the ball. Joe Girard just hits a ridiculous, ridiculous step back three. Um, they hate him or love him. He's the only one on the team who can make a shot like that. So now it is a two-point game with 29 – it's a one-point game. Somehow it's a one-point game with 29 seconds left to go. And then Judah Mintz takes a charge on Jamarius Brown. A charge with 20 seconds left. <laughs> and Syracuse has the ball down by one. They call a timeout. And this is where this is where the pain begins for me. Okay, so Syracuse and I've watched this play a couple times. All right, Syracuse calls timeout. They flatten things out in the baseline. They put Joe in the corner. They put um, Quadir in the corner. It's like a one-four low. They've got Jesse on one block, Malik on one block. Malik flashes high to clear out the backside. And Judah Mintz dribbles straight down to the elbow, picks up his dribble, and just tries to throw it into Jesse. So not a screen is set, zero movement. Um, it's the most predictable play. It's, 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 it's just hard. Mm, I'm sorry. It's hard for me to imagine that the coaching staff said, all right, we're going to go one four low. Judah, dribble it up the court, throw it into Jesse. But that's exactly what happened. And it didn't look like they were trying to do anything else. I mean, if you watch it again, he literally dribbles straight down the floor, picks up the dribble, stares down Jesse, tries to throw it into him. Like, what are you telling me? Are you telling me right now that when Syracuse does special situations in practice, and they're like, okay, this is, this is what we're going to go to. Hey, we're down by one. This is what we're going to go to, right? We're going to, and, and, this, and is this what they did? Is this, is this, is this what they do? Because here, here's a myth about coaching that not a lot of people understand, right? Some people think that coaches just go and just draw up a magic play on the clipboard during timeouts. No. But maybe that happens sometimes. No. What usually happens is, all right, we're going to run Chicago X. We're going to run this play. We're going to run uh, this, 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 all right? And they've repped it out in practice multiple, multiple times, right? So when pressure comes, because, again, people do silly things under pressure, they know exactly what to do because they've repped it out in practice. It is hard for me to imagine that Syracuse worked on this during practice, this, this particular play, like – I can't, I just can't fathom that being true. 
But at the same time, I'm like, they have to do, they have to have some late game stuff installed, right? Like, something, right? Something? But this was just, I mean, this was just nothing. Absolutely nothingness. Um, and even if it gets into Jesse, right? Like, Jesse's not, he's not the best option when you need, need a bucket. He's a good, he's a good post player, but he's not the best option here. Right? He, he, he's not a one-on-one scoring post guy, usually. You've got Judah Mintz, who has been cooking from mid-range. You've got Joe Girard, right? Now run the Joe Girard, a, a Joe Girard backdoor play for the love. Okay? And really, I don't know if that's even the lineup you want in the game. I know they brought you back, but you've got Copeland out there. You've got Malik out there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. There's a whole lot on there that kind of drove me nuts. So anyway, bad possession. Judah forces it. Probably should have swung it to Malik Brown if you look at it. But again, it's just very frustrating. Okay, so Pitt goes to the foul line. They miss one. Syracuse has another opportunity. Pitt calls a timeout. Pitt calls a timeout. What... Does the orange draw up? Judah dribbles it straight down the floor into a double team. Quieter Copeland streaking down the sideline. And I don't know if this is more of a Judah thing or a set. I, I think I feel like the first play was probably uh, on the staff. I feel like the second play might be a little bit more on Judah. I just think he thought he had to do everything on this play. But I also don't think he had a lot of options, right? Like, can we get a high ball screen? Either of those plays, I would have preferred a high ball screen. Like, just anything. It's just, I don't know. I think it kind of summed up the game in general. Um, Syracuse scrapped back. Kudos to them on that. They did a great job. But, man, it just felt on the offensive end that it was just a lot of go figure it out. Go figure it out, right? Um, So the Orange, very fortunate to have a chance to win considering all things. But, again, the bottom line is when we look back on this one, it's a loss. It's a loss. Um, it's, it's a bubble game loss that's going to hurt. Um, and now we have to, to kind of regroup and move forward. So let's talk real quick about a couple things, um, just random observations. I, shot selection all night just wasn't good. right? If you compared the, the pit quality of shot versus the Syracuse quality of shot, astronomically better um astronomically better the press was a difference maker um i don't think syracuse needs to press all game or even half the game but i think if they selectively pressed a little bit more i'd I'd be into that right like maybe pressing off free throws or every dead ball right there's a press or um Anytime there's a substitution and the other team has it in the full court, maybe make a press. Like, I think that would be a nice little touch that they could maybe add. Um, the problem with the Syracuse press is it, it feels like it is all or nothing, right? It's either get a steal or it's going to be a dunk. So I would really like them to do something like a 1-2-2, two, two, something like really soft, like a soft pressure, just to A, take a little bit of time off the clock and give teams a little bit less time to work in the zone. Um, I think that would be good, right? Because, like, you know, if you, if you just run token 1-2-2 two, two pressure, you know, teams are starting their possession with, like, 22, 23 seconds on the shot clock versus 28. Makes a difference. 
Um, but I would like to see it a little bit more often. I'd like to see Jesse maybe at the top of that press, right? Like Jesse on the ball being long and then going and trapping that very first pass. Instead of him being on an island two-on-one, put somebody back there who we can handle losing, right? Like, like Malik was big tonight, but it's not, it's not as big of a deal if Malik Brown fouls out than Jesse Edwards. Uh, like I said, the execution down the stretch, very lackluster. Um, I don't know. They just looked like a team who had never worked on it before, and that, that was, that's frustrating and alarming. Uh, and look, hey, Pitt's good, guys. Pitt's not bad. I thought they, they shot better than usual, but they're a good three-point – they're a decent three-point shooting team. They shoot a bunch of them. Um, they got great guard play, experience, tons of experience, and they got some decent bigs. Like, they're, they're not a bad team at all, so – um, let's talk about some of the players. So Judah, I thought Judah had some rough stretches last night, especially in the first half, decision making wise. But he's he's one of the very few reasons Syracuse came back into this thing. Got to the foul line a lot, hit some big time pull ups. Um, he's he's going to have to hit some shots from the perimeter. A if he wants to play in the NBA, and B if he wants to um, if this team's going to win. Um, so he had twenty four points, eight from the line. Five for 11 from two, two for six from three. That's good enough. That's good enough. Uh, he got five rebounds, five steals, four assists. He looks great at the top of that zone now. He's really starting to settle in. He looks really good out there. You can't ask for much more. Like maybe, maybe that's decision-making in the end a little bit, but you can't ask for much more from him. Jesse, eight points, nine rebounds, six blocks. Decent stat sheet night. Four for eight from the field. Pitt and everybody else is going to make life difficult for him. When Jesse plays well, we're hard to beat. Teams know this. Um, he's going to get bumped around a lot. He's just not a strong. He's not. He's not a strong guy like that. So um, there wasn't a ton of effort to get him involved. But I also don't think that um, it's just it's just hard for him in, in these physical matchups. Gerard hit some big time shots at the end of the game. I thought he was steady. He forced it a little bit in the first half. I thought. I don't know how he doesn't touch the ball at all. Um, those last two plays, not even once. That is bothersome. I think. Again, he's one of those guys who, who can create a shot, and so is Judah. But um, I would have liked to see some kind of effort to maybe get him a touch. I, I would have loved to just have seen Joe Jesse ball screen or Judah Jesse ball screen. That, that's what I would it's, – it's super simple, but at least it's not stand there and let's just pray for the best. So anyway, um, he did a lot of positive things, shot it decently, three for eight from three. That's good enough. Five assists, two rebounds. Um, and it just hit some incredible shots there to keep Syracuse alive. Malik Brown, obviously a, a super bright um, story last night, almost 30 minutes, 27 last night, uh, did great things, just kind of has a nose with the ball, loose balls and rebounds. Um, he stays even keel, just works, just works really hard. Um, he has to play more going forward. They, they have no, he's giving them no option but to play him more, especially if they press. So 27 minutes, six points, nine boards, three assists. That's good stuff. Taylor, not much of an impact. Um, missed both of his threes. Had a couple decent drives. Uh, got 15 minutes. A little too eager to score. Uh, Chris Bell was quiet. I think part of that was because of Malik Brown not uh, or Malik Brown and Quadier playing so well. I mean, like, I'm going to go over my 20 minutes here. Sorry, guys, but... I think Bell is good. He's getting a lot of criticism. I feel like right now heat from this game about how he's not that good. And I just don't, if you've been watching Syracuse the last three or four games, I think that's stupid. 
Um, he's one of the few players on the team who can shoot. I understand he didn't shoot well last night. He was over five from three. That happens. Um, it'll happen to teams that play Syracuse. It'll happen to all Americans. It'll happen to everybody. So he did not shoot well last night. Whatever. Um, but he just didn't play much. It's just one of those that, that forward position is going to be a revolving door of who's playing well that night, which right, wrong, or indifferent, that's just where we are right now. So Bell's going to be fine. Benny, not impressive last night. Um, didn't have a, a, much of a night at all. I mean, his, his stat sheet is very bare. I don't think his shot selection was very good um, to start. I wish he would either just take it inside or shoot the three. Um, he shoots that 18-foot contested shot a little too much. It's just not a great night for Benny. Samir did a good job. He was a spark. Got himself a dunk. Played uh, played 13 minutes. Calming presence. He's got to be out there in spurts for the orange. Um, Quadir, obviously, Copeland came in and was a humongous – I mean, just made huge plays, like huge plays. He had that one saving out-of-bounds dive. Dennis Rodman-esque play. He had a four-point play. He had those blocks. He had the putback on the offensive rebound for the, for the, on the free throw. Just, I mean, just great stuff from Quadir, and um, he'll probably get some time as well. Hema, not much of a factor. No, uh, no JBA and no Peter Carey for the Orange. Um, so, yeah, what's next for Syracuse after this? Uh, you know, you get some time off, Christmas break. They got 174 Boston. At home on the 31st, they're at 254 Louisville on the 3rd, and then they've got a tough stretch. They're at UVA on the 7th, they're ho- they host Virginia Tech on the 11th, and then they host Notre Dame on the 14th. So as you can see, this is why that pit game was such a big game for them to, to hopefully win. Um, January is about to get tough. I'm going to be doing some a pod and some writing about uh, what's next for the Orange as far as the rest of the schedule. And you guys are going to see real quickly how how why I'm so why I was so hung up on we got to beat Pitt, Boston, and Louisville. We got to beat Pitt, Boston, and Louisville because it's about to get real. Okay, you're going to learn a lot about this group here in the next couple uh, next couple of weeks. All right, that's it for me. I'm over my time limit. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you listen, I don't know how many of you guys actually tune into this. Um, it's also a good little venting session for me. But check out the uh, check out the post on Shields on Hoops. Check out the Twitter account. Give me a follow, like, subscribe, comment. Do all those positive things to help get this thing some some traction. Um, I appreciate you guys. Uh, enjoy the rest of your winter Wednesday, and uh, we'll we'll check in soon with an ACC kind of update. Uh, maybe next week, and then we'll talk Boston College when we get closer to the new year. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. Shields on Hoop. I'm out of here.